I heard a story many years ago about a little old lady who always had something kind to say about everybody. You know, everybody else, and other people would join in with some gossip and some griping and complaining and a little backbiting here and there. But she always had something kind to say about everyone. And you know, the people in her church, they just loved her. She was amazing, just this wonderful old saint. Her preacher wondered, though, how, how can you be so kind all the time? And, and one day he asked her, he said, you know, I, I bet you could even find something kind to say about the devil. And she thought about that for a moment, and she said, well, he certainly is persistent, isn't he? <laughs> he certainly is persistent. She could even find something kind to say about the devil. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. And that proverb, I think that proverb is likely where we get the practice of giving apples as gifts. Did you ever give, a, ever give your teacher an apple? You know, you give your teacher an apple every now and then. Uh, I think that's maybe where we got that practice of giving apples as gifts. Now, obviously, an apple of gold is not something you're going to eat. This is an, an ornamentation of some sort. It's, it's supposed to be a, a work of art. Obviously, we're not talking about food, it's, but it's something that you would value. It's something that you would treasure. It's something that would be worth an awful lot, but it's also something that you would appreciate the work that went into it. You would appreciate the, the craftsmanship that went into it. And kind words are like that. Kind words are treasured, and you are treasured for speaking them. But I think we would probably have to admit, we struggle. We struggle, first of all, with doing kind things. We know that. We struggle with acts of kindness. We have to remind ourselves to be kind. But where we really struggle is in saying kind words. All too often, it is easy to get negative. All too often, it is easy to join in on the gossiping and the griping and the complaining and to add our words to someone else's bitterness. And, and sadly, that kind of negativity seems to be contagious. It's too easy to join in when somebody is becoming negative. And if our kind acts make a difference in people's lives, if our kind acts can make a difference in someone else's chaos, then what could our kind words do? What difference could we make with a word fitly spoken? We're going to look at one verse today. One verse in Ephesians chapter 3. If you've got your Bible, Ephesians chapter 4, excuse me. If you've got your Bibles, we're in Ephesians 4, verse 29. If you want to look in those Bibles in front of you, those blue Bibles in front of you, it's on page 978, Ephesians 4, 29. It's one little verse, but it, it carries so much meaning just like our words, the words that we say to one another carry so much meaning. You think about those times when you've said something thoughtless. And by thoughtless, I mean your brain was not engaged when you opened your mouth. You ever have those moments where your brain's just not hooked up yet? And you open your mouth and those words just come spilling out and you think, where did that come from? And you know, once they're out there, they're out there. They're out there forever. You think about how much damage thoughtless words can bring, but how much healing could you bring? Mother Teresa said, kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. How far 
could our kind words reach? What kind of impact could we have? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. If you're like me, those words sting a little bit. Because you realize, I'm not quite there. I've struggled with this, and I'm sure you've struggled with this also. The problem that we would have to admit is our immaturity. And what this verse tells us is that kind words are a mark of maturity. And that's actually the greater point here in verse 29. Because verse 29 is actually just a small part of a a greater section of Scripture and a greater point that Paul is making. Paul's point really begins back in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, where he writes, Therefore, I therefore, as a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. There is a call that you and I have been called to. We have been called to be followers of Jesus. Paul says, walk in a manner worthy of that. In other words, if you're a follower of Jesus, act like it. And then he goes on as he, as he lays this all out for us. And in, in verse 15, Paul says, rather than all of these evil things and these wrong things that you can do, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. In other words, the the point of our maturity that we are to have is not just that we would be mature, but the point of our maturity is it, it helps other people become mature. When we act out of maturity, other people become mature as well. It's not just for ourselves, it's to benefit those around us. Paul goes on in verse 17, and he says, Now this I say, and I testify in the Lord, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. In other words, there is supposed to be something different about you. So what's that going to look like? And maybe more importantly, what's that going to sound like? What's it going to sound like if there's something different about you? We've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit for the last few months. Do you guys remember the fruit of the Spirit? We've been using that for the last few months. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The love, the fruit of the Spirit are, are those things. There's a book that some of you have, have read called Blessed Are the Misfits. And in Blessed Are the Misfits, the author, Brant Hansen, gives some very, very simple advice. That's, that's the, beauty, the beauty of Blessed Are the Misfits. It's full of simple advice. But Brant gives some very simple advice on how to recognize the difference between fruit trees. If you don't know the difference between fruit trees, Brant tells you exactly how to do it. He says, bump into a tree, see what falls out. Now you know what kind of tree it is. That's that's pretty simple, isn't it? Bump into a tree, see what falls out. Now you know what kind of tree it is. So if you bump into a tree and apples fall out, then you know it's an apple tree. If you bump into a tree and oranges fall out, you know that it's an orange tree. It's it's just that simple. What happens when someone bumps into us, though? What falls out? When someone bumps into you, when someone bumps up against you, when somebody, when there is one of those encounters that challenge you, when someone bothers you, 
What falls out? Is it love, joy, peace, patience, kindness? Or is it something else? In that moment of frustration, is it maybe anger that falls out? Is it maybe rage? Is it maybe the desire to bump back? The desire to hurt back? (laughs) Now you know what kind of tree it is. I have a lot of examples where I got this wrong. I have one example where I got it right. Just one time that I think I got this right. I remember several years ago, I had an email exchange with an individual, and he was not happy with me. He was not happy. And he let me know that I was wrong about a decision that I had made. I was wrong, and in making my decision, I had treated him poorly, and I should have had more respect for him. And he went on to tell me that he was a veteran. And how could I make this decision knowing that he's a veteran? Didn't I have any respect for him and for his service? Now, the thoughts that came to my mind in that moment of the way I wanted to bump back, oh, they were good. You know, I I rehearsed them all. But for some reason, I didn't write those. And I wrote him back just a few minutes later, and I said, I explained the decision I had made, why I had made that decision. I thanked him for his service as a veteran. I said, I I surely appreciate what you've done and what you've sacrificed, and and I thank you for that. And then I asked a question. I said, you know, this, this really isn't that big of a deal. Could it be that something else has bothered you? And I just asked, are you okay? I think that's a good question to ask every now and then. Are you okay? I got an email back about 20 minutes later. I was kind of thinking, ooh, you know, did I make things worse? He wrote me back about 20 minutes later, and he said, you know what, I'm not okay. He said, it's, it's been a rough day. It's been a rough couple of weeks. We're dealing with some family issues and some health issues. And he said, I, I, I apologize. It's been a rough day. He thanked me for my patience with him. Now, that tree bumped up against me, and I could have just as easily bumped back. But that one time, that one time, I managed to get it right. Kind words are a mark of maturity. Kind words are a mark of maturity. You know what the antithesis of that is, right? Antithesis, the other side. You know what the, the other side of that? If, if kind words are a mark of maturity, then unkind words are a mark of immaturity. Yeah, that's how that works. Unkind words are a mark of immaturity. And sometimes we find ourselves on the receiving end of unkind words. Sometimes we find ourselves on the receiving end of gossip. Sometimes we find ourselves on the receiving end of slander. Sometimes words can even get abusive and and hurtful. Sometimes people attack our character. They attack our integrity. Sometimes they attack our looks and, and, and who we are. And Unkind words are a mark of immaturity. So before you respond in kind, consider the source. You know, some people, as soon as they open their mouths, they tell you everything you need to know about them. And I hope, I hope that's true of us also. Our, world, uh, our words tell, uh, tell people a lot about who we really are, and I think it's important that we stop and we ask ourselves the questions. We ask ourselves, what impact could my words have in this situation? What impact could my words have in this situation? Could my words impart a blessing? Or is it more likely that my response is just going to make things worse? Will the response I want to say do any good at all? 
And I think that's what Paul is calling for here in verse 29. He says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion. What impact could my words have on this occasion? How can my words impact this situation? Will they build other people up? Will they meet the needs of others? You know, the, the word that Paul uses here that's translated in my Bible, corrupting. Some of your Bibles say unwholesome. Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. The word means rotten. And that's what it means. It just means rotten. And, and it's a word that was used to describe rotten trees and rotten fruit. And here it's tied to the word talk. Rotten talk. You know, talk that doesn't do any good. A rotten tree cannot produce healthy fruit. It's incapable because that tree is dying. And so if the words that you use injure other people, if they spark anger, if they spark division, those are rotten words. And you really need to stop and think about the impact that your words could have. I used to have a sign in my office, back in the, the old office. In fact, I hung up several of these signs. I hung them up all over the place because I thought we needed a reminder. And the, the, the poster said this. It says, before you speak, think. Before you speak, think. And then the, the letters in think spell out what you should think about. Before you speak, think. T, is it true? In chapter 4, verse 15, Paul said, speaking the truth in love. He's, you notice it's speaking the truth in love. That's what you are to continually do. There's never a time, Christian, when you are to stop speaking the truth or stop speaking the truth in love. Instead, you speak the truth in love. So, before you speak, think. Is it true? If it's not true, you shouldn't say it. The second, the H is, is it helpful? Is what you're saying going to be helpful? And you know what? If it's not helpful, you shouldn't say it. Is it inspiring? And if it's not inspiring, you shouldn't say it. Is it necessary? That's a big one. Is it necessary? If not, don't say it. And then the K. You see what the K is? Is it kind? If it's not kind, you shouldn't say it. Before you speak, think. There's another proverb. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 says, There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Paul's call is for our words to build each other up. If we're not building each other up, what are we doing? If we're not building each other up, we're tearing each other down. You're not called to do that. I'm not called to do that. We're not called to tear people down. No one has called us to do that. And every now and then I hear someone say, that person needs to be taken down a notch. Have you ever heard someone say that? They need to be taken down a notch. What makes you think that's your job? Ephesians 4.29 says that your job, Christian, is for you to use your words to build other people up. And unless you've got a direct line from God, I mean, unless God called you up and said, you know Ephesians 4.29? You can forget that because that guy's too big for his britches and you need to take him down a notch. I mean, unless that happened, the call is still for us to, to speak words 
to build one another up. And if that hasn't, you know, if that's happened, that's just be quiet. <laughs> just, just, just don't say those things. And did you notice the very next verse? Verse 30, Paul goes on and says, and ties these two phrases together. Speak words that build each other up. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. God has filled you with, your, with His Spirit. God has moved from heaven to you. And He has filled you with His Spirit. He's moved into you. So how should that be seen? That's going to be seen in words that build each other up. It's also going to be seen as he goes on in verses 31 and 32. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Verse 32 says what? Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That is so vital. God has filled you with His Spirit. And the words that you speak, Christians, the words that you speak are perceived. People around you, if they know you're a Christian, they perceive your words to be echoes of heaven. They think that they are the words that are being spoken in the very court of God. And what we need to realize is that our words reach further than we can know. He says there in verse 29, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And there's a distinction in this clause. That it may give grace to those who hear. Because those who hear our words are not necessarily the same people we're talking to. You realize that? Those who hear your words are not necessarily the same people that you are talking to or... or the same people you're talking about. The words we use reach a wider audience than just the people we're talking to or the people we're talking about. And the truth is, your audience is wider than you know. And today, that is more true than ever. With the internet, with, with Facebook, there are more people that see your words than you can imagine. And that post that you made in a moment of anger... It's there forever. And even if you delete it, even if you delete that post, it's there in their hearts. It's there in their minds. What does Paul say about our words? That it may give grace to those who hear. Our words have amazing effect. Our words have untold reach. Paul will later say in Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, he says, let your speech be always gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. You hear the connection? Your words need to give grace. Let your speech be always gracious. The, the word for grace means gift, by the way. Let it be a gift. Let your words be a gift to others. And here's the hard reality that we all need to get. Here's what we all need to understand. So, so listen carefully, because this is it. This is the big point you all need to get. We all need this. People need our kindness far more than they need our opinions. Can I say that again? People need our kindness far more than they need our opinions. Do you hear me? You know, if I was in a church and a preacher said that, you know, I would yell amen if I heard that. 
People need our kindness more than they need our opinions. Amen. Amen. Here's what Paul tells, you know, and this is the Apostle Paul. If you want to get mad at somebody, get mad at the Apostle Paul, okay? Don't get mad at me. Paul says kindness is not optional. Kindness is not optional. You know what is optional? (laughs) Your opinion. Your opinion is optional. People don't need it. They don't have to have your opinion. They they need your kindness. Now, Now, when it comes to kindness, you don't have to be the best at kindness. You don't have to be really good at kindness. You just have to do it. And there are other things that you want to say. You don't have to say those. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. But there are some people who cannot talk about politics and be kind at the same time. You're aware of this. Some of them are Democrats. Some of them are Republicans. Some of them... Oh, it's God. But there are some people who can't talk about politics and be kind at the same time. And if you're a Christian, kindness is mandatory. So if you're a Christian and you can't talk about kindness and politics at the same time, I have the perfect solution for you. Stop talking about politics. There. It's fixed. And trust me, everyone is happier. This is odd, and I don't get this, but did you know some people can't talk about sports and be kind at the same time? Did you know that? If you can't talk about sports and be kind at the same time, stop talking about sports. You don't have to talk about sports. Let me get a little more serious. Some people can't talk about race and racial issues and be kind at the same time. If you can't talk about race and be kind at the same time, then stop talking about race or find a way to talk about race that is kind. Some people can't talk about immigration and be kind at the same time. Some people can't talk about sexual orientation and be kind at the same time. And these are issues that I know you have very strong opinions about. But let me say this again. Kindness is not optional. And people need your kindness far more than they need your opinions. In this book that I've shared with many of you, and I have two more to give away today. Your next 24 hours, one day of kindness. One day of kindness can change everything. In this book, we read these words, when you're with people who prefer to gossip and complain, don't join in their pessimism. Because you may be the only source of optimism. Instead, fill your vocabulary with words that are uplifting and hopeful and let them see there's still a lot of good in the world. So let me ask you a question. Are you speaking kind words? Are you speaking kind words to yourself? Are you speaking words of kindness to yourself? Because you know, the thought hits me that if you're If you're not saying kind things about other people, you're probably not saying kind things about yourself either. You are loved. You are blessed. You are cared for. You are a blessing to other people. Don't get down on yourself. You hear the words that you speak 
to yourself louder than, than the words that other people speak to you. So give yourself that gift of grace. Be kind to yourself. You know, the very next verse launches into chapter 5. And if you look at chapter 5, verse 1, it says, therefore, and again, we encounter the word therefore, so what do we do with it? We go back and see what it's there for. Why did Paul write therefore? And it's tied directly to let no corrupting talk come from your mouths, but instead that which is good for building up, that which gives grace and meets the need for the occasion. Therefore, Paul says, therefore, because you're going to be kind, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself, uh, himself up for us a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Walk in love. Kindness is not an option. In fact, it is a gift. And it is a gift that you can give. And you know what? We're going to help you do that today. We're going to help you put this into practice. A few weeks ago, I talked to Shirley about this. I talked to her about what I had planned and I asked Shirley if she would help me out. I asked Shirley, Shirley to make some cards. Don't you love it when you get a Shirley card? How many of you have received a Shirley card? Yeah, look at those hands. Don't you love it when you get a Shirley card? Last Saturday or last Sunday was our anniversary, and we got two Shirley cards in the mail. We loved them. We were so blessed to get Shirley cards because you know they're made with love. They're, they're given with love. And so I said, Shirley, I've got this idea. And I want to make cards that cover the, the fruit of the Spirit that we've been through already, the ones that we've already looked at, the ones that we ought to be somewhat familiar with. And I want these cards to say, I don't know if you can see this at the top, but it says, Iknu. You know the word Iknu, right? Iknu. I see in you. Sound it out. I see in you. Right? You see? Iknu. I see in you. Isn't that fun? Tell me it's fun. Be kind. <laughs> I see in you. And we have cards out on a table out there in the entry area. And some of the cards say, I see in you love. And you can give those to someone and say, I see love in you. I see in you joy. I see in you peace. I see in you patience. Somebody take the patience cards, please. Tell somebody else you've seen patience in them. But it's just a great way to encourage people. And those cards are available out in the entry area. Before you leave, grab one of those cards and send it to someone who desperately needs to know that, that you see that God is working in their lives. You know, the thing is, you, you might even see something that that person hasn't seen in themselves yet. You might see a truth in there that they haven't seen because they haven't been speaking words of kindness to themselves. But no matter what, here's what I know to be true. You give someone one of these cards, it's going to be treasured. They're going to treasure your words. It's going to be treated like apples of gold in a setting of silver. And who knows how far your kind words might reach. Let's stand together. Father, this month we've seen kindness as a fruit of the Spirit. And as fruit, it grows. And each of us would have to admit we still need some room to grow this fruit in our lives. As fruit, we also realize that kindness requires nurture and it requires care. Like a plant in our garden, we need proper conditions for our kindness to grow. Thankfully, we have a church full of people who desire the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. So help us to nurture this fruit in each other. Place in our hearts someone 
to share some kindness with. Someone we can bless by letting them know that we see the fruit of the Spirit alive and growing in them. Let us bless them with kindness, knowing that, that we will be blessed back with the same. And together, let us glorify Your Son and display His kindness for our world and our community. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in peace.